0: It's good, to be, it's good to be back in Sheffield. So at the start of the year, I started preaching in, into Joshua uh, 1. And uh, as I was thinking about coming here and speaking in Sheffield, I thought, actually, I think that would be a really good... Passage to preach into. And actually, it's been really encouraging to hear the different words that have come this morning because they all kind of tie into that theme of God being with us and and not being scared and pressing through and not being fearful and and things like that. So I'm going to read that passage in a moment. If you've got a Bible, you might want to turn to Joshua 1. Um, I'm reading from the NIV. Um, It starts as Moses has died and the leadership of God's people has passed on to Joshua. Um, And so we're going to see how God encourages Joshua and hopefully encourages us through this passage as well. So Joshua chapter 1, we're going to read it all. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, it's it's good that God's Yorkshire, isn't he? Now then, (laughs) now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. To the Israelites. I'll give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, to all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you'll lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors, ancestors to give them. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Don't turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered all the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you'll, be, you'll cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, The Lord your God will give you rest by entering this land, giving you this land. The Lord your God, uh, your wives and your children and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You're to help them until the Lord gives them rest as he's done for you. And until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. After that you may go back and occupy your own land which Moses the servant of the Lord gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise then they answered Joshua whatever you've commanded us we'll do and wherever you send us we'll go just as we fully obeyed Moses we'll obey you only may the Lord your God be with you just as he was with Moses whoever rebels against your word and doesn't obey it whatever you may command them will be put to death only be strong and courageous all right so right at the start of uh, his leadership God speaks to Moses to Joshua and he, and he commissions him. And his job is to take the people into the promised land. That was the land that Moses was going to give to the people, uh, uh, take the people into. But because of their disobedience and their lack of faith, uh, they've been wandering around in the wilderness for the last 40 years. And in this passage, we see a number of things that God says he's going to do number of things that he says he's going to do, and a number of things that he encourages or tells Joshua and God's people to do. And that's always the way in the Bible. You always get the tension of both things. You get God acting, God saying he's going to do something, and you get us acting and us doing something as well. God calls us, we respond to his call. God promises to do things, and he asks us to pray. To him that he will do things. So faith isn't just believing that God's going to do things. It's believing that God's going to do things and then acting ourselves in accordance with what we believe. And and there's always that tension going on together in the Bible. The Bible doesn't tell us just to kind of rest in God's grace and, and leave him to figure it all out, but neither are we called to just work hard on our own in our own strength, as though salvation and, and our relationship with God and everything in the Christian life, as though it's just down to us. No, God leads us into difficult, sometimes it seems like impossible situations, and he tells us he's going to be at work as we act in those circumstances. So here in Joshua 1, we see right from the start, Joshua is given some key promises to hold on to. We we see what they are. God says, I'm about to give you the land that I promised you. I'm about to give it to you. No one is going to be able to stand against you all the days of your life. No one's going to be able to defeat you. No one will stand against you. I'll be with you as I was with Moses, and I'll never leave you or forsake you. I mean, it sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Sounds like it's all in hand. Sounds like it's all figured out, nothing to be concerned about. God's going God's to give them everything he's promised. No one's going to be able to beat them in battle. God will never leave them. And then we see that there are commands as well that go alongside these promises. So God says, get ready for the crossing. Make sure you've got enough supplies to go in with you. It's kind of very practical. Make sure you pack your sandwiches. Um, Actually, bearing in mind that the river was in full flood at the time, it might have been a bit more practical to say, why don't you build yourself some boats in the next three days? But he didn't say that. He says, but, you know, there's something for you to do. Get some supplies ready. And then he says, be strong and courageous. That's the theme that's come through this morning, isn't it? Be strong and courageous. He he repeats it several times in the passage. Several times he says, Be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified. Don't be discouraged. We'll come back to that. And be careful to obey all that's in the law. Meditate on it day and night so that you'll do what's written in it. And then you'll be prosperous and successful. So if you look at those side of things, you might think, well, well now it looks like it's all down to Joshua and the people. They've got to provide the supplies. Hang on, I thought God was going to provide everything they need. Joshua has to lead the people into the land to inherit it. There's going to be some battles to fight. So you've got to be strong and, and courageous, Joshua. And they've got to be in God's word and, and do what it says. And then they'll be prosperous and successful. And you might think, hang on, I thought no one was going to be able to stand against us. I thought we were going to be strong and prosperous and successful anyway. Why? why? We've got to be in God's word. We've got to do what it says. So which is it? Is it, is it God doing it? Or are they doing it? And the answer is yes. Both. It's both. God promises, but Joshua and the people have to walk in the light of those promises that God gives us. And it's like that in our Christian life, isn't it? God declares that we are righteous. Again, we've been hearing this morning. God declares that we are clean. God declares that that actually that sin has not just been papered over, it's not just been painted over, it's been taken away. We stand before God, righteous before God, pure, holy, clean. And then what does God say? Walk in righteousness. Walk in those ways, walk in holiness. This is who you are, so live it out. There's that song, isn't there? I'm sure you sing it here. I am who you say I am. That's what God says to us. This is who you are. So now live in the light of who you are. Rachel was praying out as well. This is, we're sons and daughters of the king. That's who we are. So now we live it out. Now we walk it out. And Joshua would have been well aware what it was like if he didn't walk it out. Because... Moses had all the same promises given to him. All the people they were there 40 years earlier, all the promises were the same. It was exactly the same place 40 years earlier. Moses was standing where Joshua was standing, and God promised to take him into the land. If you want to read about it, it's in Deuteronomy 1, Numbers 13. Joshua was one of the 12 spies who Moses sent out to check out the land before they went in, and they came back and they said, it's an amazing place. It's really fertile. It's, 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 look, land flowing with milk and honey. Here's a huge bunch of grapes. Look, look at this. It's incredible. But, but it kind of all went pear-shaped, didn't it? Because they, they start 10 of the 12 started talking and looking and saying, yeah, but it's really heavily defended. And it's, it, you know, the cities are great. And, and they talked about the giants that were in the land. The, the Anakites were there. And more and more they began to say, well, we can't do it. We can't do it. Surely we're going to be defeated. And Joshua would have remembered how he and Caleb tried to persuade the people uh, and and how Moses pleaded with the people, look, we've got to believe God. I know these things are all there, but we've got to believe in God and what he said. And we've got to walk into what and, and, and live out what God's promised us. But they didn't do it they refused to obey they rebelled they turned against Moses and God punished their unbelief and he had them all live in the wilderness for another 40 years until all that generation had died out apart from Joshua and Caleb but God's plans for his people weren't thwarted it wasn't that what God said wasn't going to happen of course it was going to happen they were just delayed and even before Moses died, God started to prepare the people and said, look, I'm going to take you in again. This is, we're coming back to this same point. We're going to lead you into the promised land under Joshua. But through Moses, God warns the people that uh, they're going to encounter the same circumstances. The, the situation hasn't changed. The cities are still there. The people are still there. You can read about this in, in Deuteronomy um, chapter 9 and verse, verses 1 to 3 let's find that shall we Deuteronomy, chapter 9 verses 1 to 3 um, this is what God says through Moses here Israel you're now about to cross the Jordan to go in and dispossess nations greater and stronger than you well that's encouraging isn't it they're greater and stronger than you with large cities that have walls up to the sky oh Great. The people there are strong and tall, Anarchites. You know about them, and you've heard it said, who can stand against the Anarchites? Oh, thanks for reminding me of that proverb. It's like, hang on, what's going on? God's saying you're going in, and he's just flagging up all of the things that they've got to face. It's not changed. All the things that, that these 10 spies talked about, they've not changed. It's still the same battles. And then he says, but be assured that today the Lord your God is the one who goes across ahead of you like a devouring fire. He'll destroy them, he'll subdue you before them and you'll drive them out, etc, etc. God told them it was going to be tough. The people are going to be greater and stronger than them. The the, the Anakites. but he was going to have the victory anyway. He's going to have the victory anyway. And it would all show that it was God who'd given them the victory and it wasn't down to how great they were. Like God's really clear with us about these things in the Bible. He never pretends it's going to be easy. He doesn't want them to be surprised by events. There are literally some huge obstacles to face. And, and we can read in God's word that... that that life's not going to be easy. We can read where Jesus says in John 16, in this world you will have trouble. And then when it happens, we, we still can end up going, oh, I thought God was with us. How come we've got all this trouble? God says you're going to have trouble. In this world you're going to have trouble. But what he says, he doesn't say we won't have that difficulty, that struggle. He says take heart. I have overcome the world. Take heart. Be encouraged. Be strong and courageous. So here they are at this same point again. And now Joshua's leading them. And Joshua needs this personal encouragement from God. So God's reminding him, be strong and courageous, Joshua. Joshua. He says it again and again and again. You see, it's one thing for Joshua to say 40 years earlier, oh, it's okay, we can go into the land, God's with us, he's promised he's with us. He's going back to Moses, he's just one of the spies at that that point. It's one thing to say it when, when you're in that position, when you're not the leader, it's a different thing when you are. It's much easier for me to say to you here, hey, city church, be strong and courageous in all that you do, than it is, for me to lead into that as one of the leadership team in Fredericton. We need God to speak courage to us, don't we, when we're following him, because we can easily lack it. So be praying for your leaders here, that God encourages Dan and Richard and Chris, those he's set as leaders in your church, because they need courage to lead the church in God's ways. God spoke the same words of courage all through the Bible. He, say, he says it to David as he's building the temple, 1 Chronicles twenty-two thirteen. 13. He says that, be strong and courageous. David uh, passes the work on to Solomon and the same thing, 1 Chronicles 28, 20. Be strong and courageous. You see it again and again and again. When God calls us to do something, the task is always momentous. There's always going to be difficulties. There's always going to be fears. It might seem Risky, humanly impossible. And, and that's the church. And, but you'll all be facing things in your individual life too. There's going to be challenges for all of you. It might, it might be your family situation. It might be your work. It might be your school. It might be your health. And fears can come in. And you can start to feel inadequate. And you can start to doubt. And it, and it can cripple you. It can cripple you. It can, you can get muddled. Your confidence can be shaken. And we need to find boldness and confidence. And, and it doesn't come from ourselves. It can't come from ourselves because we haven't got anything in ourselves outside of God. It can only come from God. God puts his spirit inside us. It can come from his spirit. It can come from the word of God. But it doesn't come from ourselves. I mean, here's the news. We're all going to be fearful. No one's immune. It's what we do with that fear in the light of God's promises that's the key. Do we believe God? Do we take courage knowing that he is with us and press on into things? Or do we give in to our fears and our insecurities? I heard the story of a young boy who was going to bed in the middle of a big thunderstorm. Obviously, he had a big storm Last night, I um, didn't hear any thunder, but uh, anyway, this boy's going to bed in the, middle of a, in the middle of a thunderstorm, and he's scared, and as his mum's turning out the light, he says, he says to her in a trembling voice, mum, mum, will, will you stay here all night in my room with me? And it, his mum hugs him, and she says, no, I, I can't do that, dear, I've got to sleep in, in daddy's room. And there was a long silence, and she moves towards the door, and then as she's about to go out, she just hears him say... The big sissy. <laughs> Every one of us has fears. Every one of us. We need to keep coming back to God. Take courage in Him. We've got to do it individually. We've got to do it corporately as a church too. Over in Fredericton, we've just, built, uh, we've just bought a new building, actually, for us to meet in as a church for, for the last um, 12 years on a Sunday, we've had a building um, that we've been able to meet in during the week and do different things in, but, but for a Sunday, we've been too big for that. Um, it only could hold about 130, 140 people. And so um, we've been renting different places over the city. And so it's so exciting to have got a building now. It used to be a warehouse. Uh, at like a, 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 it was like a Wix or a and q or something like that. Um, and uh, we've, we've bought it, so we're excited that it's, it's going to be somewhere where we can meet as a church on a Sunday, and we can run everything that we're doing, it's right in the middle of the area that we're reaching into for, with Kids Club, um, through, through Gemma and the team, and, uh, and through that whole process of buying this, and we've sold our, our building, and we've sold some land that we owned. through that whole process, we've, we've seen how God's been with us, because um, even the city were opposed to us buying it in the first place. They said they wanted to do something else with that land, and that it was, we had to get it rezoned so that we could meet there. We had to get their permission. And at first they said they wouldn't give it. Um, and they also said, and you've got to pay a fortune for different assessments and things like that. As we've gone through it, each one of those mountains or obstacles has gone and been removed, but we've still got huge challenges ahead of us. We've, we've got to renovate the building, We've got to seek God for the finance uh, for that as well, and, uh, and, and it would be so easy for us to be overwhelmed by that, because um, on top of that expense, which is coming out f- for us, um, our general fund has got no real uh, money in it either, um, and uh, our administrator told me just before Christmas, she said, look, if we, if we don't get any money in these next couple of weeks on a Sunday, which it, it's a fair chance on a Sunday. We had to cancel two of our meetings in, Feb, in January because of snow and ice storms. said, so if we don't get any money in these next two weeks, we actually won't have anything in the bank, which was a nice Christmas present to get from your administrator. Um, but, but the one encouraging thing was that a few years ago, I happened to be in Fredericton. It was before we moved out there, and Ginny was over. And I remember Ginny going and speaking to all of the elders at the time, and she was kind of prophesying over them and saying, you know, God is going to take you down to your last toonie, which is $2. God's going to take you down to your last toonie. And, uh, and then he's going to open the floodgates of blessing on you. At least I, I, that's how I remember she said that. I hope so. Um, and, and kind of God's been doing that with us. Uh, for one reason or another, we, we had huge renovations that we suddenly had to do uh, repairs on the building. Cost fifty thousand. We weren't expecting it. We had two floods, one year after the other, and that you have to. We had to pay to get cleaned out because once once the snow and the ice is gone, then we get the floods in Fredericton. And uh, you know, our finances got tight, and we've got to say, okay, God, I'm putting my trust in you. And God has provided for us in different ways. I mean, people have carried on giving faithfully. But even in these last few weeks, we've seen God provide for us in a number of different ways. A couple in the church won a competition with their estate agent. And it meant that their estate agent fees got given as a donation to the church. I mean, that's a miracle in itself for an estate agent. Um, But they got $4,000 from the estate agent. We got it to the church the work that we're doing in different areas, in church planting, the apostolic work that Joe's involved in, someone gave a a gift of $12,000 to that account right at the point when we needed it uh, the most. And uh, it means that we won't have to transfer money out of our general fund for for some time. And then, like I said, with the flood, at at first we we paid $18,000 to have that cleared out, and the government said... Well, we're going to set up this scheme for people who've been flooded and who can't, uh, who can't pay for it um, and, and aren't insured. And then we applied for that money, and they turned us down. And they said, no, no, you are insured. And we're kind of thinking, well, our... our um, no, what's it called here? It's a deductible in Canada, but it's not here. Uh, what's the word? The bit that you have to pay. Excess? excess. The excess. Oh, I was trying to remember all the English words. The, the excess was 100000 that we've got to pay on it. It's like, well, that, we're not really insured, are we? But they turned us down, and we appealed, and they turned us down, and we appealed, and they turned us down. We appealed one more time in November, and then we heard the other week, last week or the week before, they've changed their minds, and they gave us a check for nearly 18000 It's like, thank you, God. You know, things are still tight, but God's, God's with us. There's many challenges to go, and not just financially. I'm sure you will be facing very similar challenges to us. I mean, in the church, there's always financial challenges. And I know God's leading you into a new place, into a new congregation, planting a new congregation. And it's not always easy. You know, you get the questions. Well, where are we going to meet? Where's the building going to be? I don't know. Who's going to go there? When's it going to happen? It doesn't always pan out the way that we planned we hoped we would be in this building by now and we're not you can get disheartened but we need to take courage in God we need to remember that God is with us we need to remember why we're doing it because the congregation that you're planting it's not just somewhere for you to meet on a a Sunday it's about having a, a, a vibrant community of believers position somewhere where they're going to see people saved and added to the church. It's going to be a place where they can see people restored and healed and trained and strengthened and discipled. A place where people find peace and love and hope and a family. And I know that's what you're doing because, I mean, the encouraging thing as I stand here today is I don't actually recognize a lot of you. And that's not because I've got issues with facial recognition, which I have. It's because... It's because It's because you're new since we left, which is encouraging. Because I know people are going to have found those things already here. And we're called to a similar thing in Fredericton. And God's calling us to bring it about. And there's going to be battles as we do it. Because we've got an enemy who doesn't even want it to begin. So we've got to take courage. If you come to the prayer meeting tonight, you'll hear that our last 18 months in Fredericton have been very difficult for us as a church. We don't want to gloss it over. It's been tough. It's been really tough. We're going to tell you more detail tonight because we need to stand together in God and call on him to pray and, and to walk into his promises. And, and that's for us in Canada, but it'll be for you in Sheffield as well. And each one of you, as I said, is going to have things that you need to take courage with in any of those different ways. And God takes us out of our comfort zones. I don't need a word of knowledge for that, to know that for you, because he always does it. God sent Joshua and the people out of the promised land into, sorry, into the promised land of Canaan, out of the wilderness. And Jesus sends his disciples out of the world to the ends of the earth. And we continue that great commission. And there's always a temptation to stay where you are. There's always a temptation to leave it things as, as, as they are, even in the wilderness. They've been used to it for 40 years. It, I mean, it wasn't great. They'd probably run out of manna recipes, but it's what they'd known. It takes courage to go into something new. They've got battles ahead of them. Well, we're okay here. We've been here for 40 years. We don't always feel like we've got it in us. Sometimes we can be like, like Peter, can't we? Jesus' disciple, Jesus' friend. Remember what he was like? God had a great plan for his life. He kind of messed it all up, didn't he? He denied knowing Jesus. And even after Jesus was raised from the dead, what does Peter do? He says, I'm going fishing. He just just goes back to what he knows. I'm going fishing. He goes out onto his boat. His head's down. But Jesus is raised from the dead. All these things. I'm just going fishing. Going fishing. Jesus has to call him. From that, I mean, he does an amazing miracle. You get the 153 fish, but suddenly that doesn't matter anymore to Peter because Peter's going to Jesus and Jesus says to him, come on, the question's really about do you love me? And, and, and if, if you do, then I've got things for you to do because I love you and I'm with you and I'm calling you to something else and it's not fishing, it's shepherding. Maybe some of you have got to that point where you're just, you're just doing what you know how to do, like, like Peter was. I kind of did feel that was a word for some of you this morning. You, you're just doing what, what you know. You can do it. You're in your comfort zone. You're struggling with things, and you thought, I'm just going fishing then. I'll just do what I know. And God's got something different for you. God's got something more. And he's saying, look, do you love me? Do you love me? Then I've got new things for you. All right, very briefly, how do we stay strong and courageous? There's two things we see in this passage. Firstly, in verse 8, we see, we see you stay in God's word. You stay in God's word. Verse 8 says, don't let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may do everything written in it. So we've got to make sure that the word of God is dwelling in our hearts and in our minds. We've got to keep immersing ourselves in the truths of scripture. I so encouraged this morning, again, just hearing people read scripture, pray scripture. We've got to keep immersing ourselves in it, the truths. We've got to speak it to ourselves when our feelings tell us differently, when our experiences tell us differently, when other people are telling us different versions of reality. No, what does God say? What does God say? And reading and understanding scripture is the way that we know who God is, and we know what he's like, and we know what he's calling it to us to. And we allow Jesus to shape our lives through his Holy Spirit. We saturate Himself, ourselves in His life and in His teaching. And, and it's not just being, it's not just knowing God's word, it's acting on it. It's acting on it as well. God says, meditate on it. Not just think about it, but meditate on it so that you may be careful to do everything that's written in it. So we've got to know it and read it and meditate on it and then live it. That's what we've got to do. We apply the Word of God to every area of our life. I could say more about that, but there probably isn't time. So stay in Scripture, understand it, live it. And secondly, stay together. Stay together. Stay together. Because unity as as God's people is so important. I mean, look at what what Joshua says to the two and a half tribes that he speaks to. The Reubenites, the Gadites, and the the half tribe of Manasseh. And these are the tribes that have been allotted some land already. You see, you've got this whole Jordan River, but then on the east of it, they've got some tribes, and that's their spot. That's where they are. Excuse me. And they've already been given that. They've already settled there. They've already, as they describe it in, the, in Joshua, they've already found their rest. So they might be forgiven for thinking, we don't even need to cross the river. We don't need to go into this land. And, and you know, it, it looks like it's a pretty, a pretty tough journey. It's like in full flood, but whew, I'm glad we're in the tribes that are here on the east of the river. And we're nice and settled. And Joshua goes to them, and says, "Uh uh-uh, you you don't just settle here. You've got to cross the Jordan ahead of your brothers. You've got to go ahead of them. You've got to help them until their job is done, until they've found the land that they can settle in, until they've found their rest. And then at that point, you can come back across the Jordan again. (laughs) They have to travel across it twice. You can come back again, and then you can settle where you are. In other words... Everyone's involved. Everyone is involved. They're all going together. They all bear the burdens. They all suffer the losses. They all share in the victories. And as you prepare to go into the next things that God's got for you, you need to be together in this. That's wherever you live, whichever congregation you're in, however old you are or young you are, whether you're a leader or you're not a leader, you need to be together. Because some of you will be pretty excited about the thought of starting a new congregation. And maybe that's the area of Sheffield that you live in. And you're excited that you're going to be gathering locally to your home. But some of you might not be so excited. Some of you might just feel, well, it doesn't, it doesn't really have a lot to do with me. It doesn't really have much impact. It's not going to make a whole lot of difference in my life. You know, this, this is going to be my place still. This is where I'm going to meet. So the temptation is to just stay where you are. To stay in your comfort zones. To not get involved. To think that's their thing. But I believe God would want to encourage you not to just get involved, but in some ways to go ahead. To go ahead of others. And, and that might mean different things. For different people. Maybe God's calling you to use your skills and resources to equip and support the new congregation. Maybe God's calling you actually to financially invest in what He's leading the church into and to give more. Maybe God's calling you to really commit to praying for all that you're moving into as a church. Maybe it's to be just as involved if there's different events that I don't even know what's going to happen, but if there's different events that are going on. Uh, in the area to reach out to the community maybe it's thinking I'm going to be involved there as well as we start to reach out to that community not to just think oh that's not my thing to be part of it to meet people to share God's love with them to be church family together it might not be your thing but let me tell you it's your thing it's your thing together as a church God doesn't ask us what our preferences are he says to the church stand together United as Christ's body in Sheffield to display his love and mercy and grace to a needy city. Are you committed to doing that? Are you committed to doing that and standing together? And, and of course, walking in unity means not, not grumbling or moaning, thinking, speaking the best of each other, even if things aren't turning out the way you hoped or dreamed. It, it was the disunity and the grumbling and the unbelief in, in, that the Israelites had that led to their wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. So, let's take courage and strength from this passage here in Sheffield and actually for both of our churches, for our church in Fredericton too. I started preaching into this in January because I just thought, I need to preach this to myself to start off with. You know, what, what do we need to encourage? I'm reading the Bible I'm like, okay, I need encouraging in this. So, I'm going to preach it and live in it for a while and and preach it to the church. We, We all need it. God's leading us into new things, but there's going to be real challenges and battles ahead. And we must be strong and courageous, trusting in God's promises to us, being strengthened and encouraged in His word, filled with His spirit, united together as His body. God will be with us. God will be with us. He said He will. He said He will. God says to Joshua, I'll be with you, I'll never leave you or never forsake you. Jesus says to his disciples, Surely I am with you to the very end of the age. That promises for us too. God's with us. God's with us. He won't leave us. He won't leave you. You'll face dangers and challenges. What's that that verse in Amazing Grace? through many dangers toils and snares I've already come his grace has brought me safe thus far and grace will lead me home we've come through a lot together you've come through a lot together I've been part of that for a while we've gone through a lot together in Fredericton it's God's grace that's brought us to where we are his grace will lead us home it will lead us on we're not alone That should help us to be strong and courageous.